So what if you want to get into business with a partner, but the partners don't bring the same stuff to the table? Unequal partnerships. Let's discuss. Hey there, everyone. It's uh, David Barnett from davidcbarnett.com, the blog site, YouTube channel, <clears throat> iTunes, and SoundCloud podcast where I talk about buying, selling, financing, managing small and medium-sized businesses, as well as issues relating to their owners. And sometimes that means partnership issues. I was on the phone a couple weeks ago with some clients down in uh, Florida, and they asked me the question, what happens if two people come together, they want to be partners, but they don't bring the same kind of resources to the table, regardless of what kind of resources you're talking about. And it was an interesting question because I've actually faced this question before in my own partnerships that I've done over the years and with other clients who've come to me with a similar problem. And I'm surprised this is the first time I made a video about it actually. So let's take an example. Uh, I'm thinking about a client I had a couple years ago. So they had an opportunity to buy a business and they were going to need about $200,000 to make the business purchase happen. This was equity. And one guy had like $50,000 and the other guy had $150,000. So, you know, you could just simply say, well, one person should get a quarter of the shares and the other person should get three quarters of the shares. That seems right, doesn't it? Well, it may if we were talking about uh, simply buying stock to raise equity and then capitalizing the company 100% through equity. But of course, they needed the $200,000 as a down payment and they were going to borrow with the bank. Now, when you get over to the bank, what the bankers want is their money back. And they're always thinking about ways that they can get their money back regardless of what happens in your business uh, because they're very conservative and that's how they got their job at the bank. Okay, So they're thinking business goes well, we collect all the payments over all the years, that's plan A, you're successful. Plan B is you're not successful. And if you're not successful, the first question the banker says is, you know, would we be able to call an auctioneer to sell some of this stuff? And in all likelihood, the stuff won't cover the debt, right? So then what's step three or option C? It's go and sue the people who borrowed the money. Now, if we've got one guy who only saved up $50,000 to buy the business and he put that money into the business, and we got another guy who put in $150,000, but he's got all kinds of other money, who do you think the bank's going to sue? The guy with all the money, right? So even though we can divide up the shares to make it equal, there's this inequity that exists with the liabilities associated with the guarantees of the debt, which, you know, simply changing the way the shares are laid out is probably not going to adequately cover this problem. So, so what are the different things you can do? And here's the, here's the thing is, is there's no absolute answers here. It's whatever the two partners are able to work out. So number one, contribution. There are many different ways that you can contribute equity or capital into a business. One way is through money. The other way is, for example, with in-kind donations. So if you're going to have a business that requires a truck and one of the partners owns a truck, they could put that truck into the business, for example, in exchange for shares. It's you know a contribution of equity, right? The other thing that someone could do, and this is a term we hear very often, is sweat equity. So how would that work? Let me give you an example. 
let's say we've got we've created an organizational chart for our business and both partners are going to work in the business and both partners are going to be paid $25 an hour and one partner brought cash to the table and the other partner did not but they still want to be equal partners okay how does the partner who didn't bring any cash to the table get half the shares well one of the ways would be to contribute free labor to the business until they've made an equal contribution to the cash the other partner put in. So, for example, if they were going to work both of them 40 hours a week and the partner who didn't bring money to the table says, I'll work 40 hours a week, but the business only has to pay me for 30, I'll trade 10 hours of my time for more shares. Well, that's $250 a week of bills the company doesn't have to pay. So it really is helpful to the bottom line of the business. And what ends up happening is over the course of a couple of years maybe, that partner can contribute just as much as the other partner in the form of free labor. So what you would do is you would set up a scenario where shares are issued to that other partner maybe as the free labor is given until such time as both partners have an equal number of shares and then the person stops contributing the you know, labor in exchange for shares. So, so that's one way we can conceptualize um, sweat equity. The other way would be with professional services. So let's say you need a lawyer's help to buy or set up a company and the lawyer would normally charge people like five or $10,000 for all the things that they're going to do. You could say to the lawyer, look, instead of us paying you, why don't we just issue you shares in our company and make the lawyer a minority shareholder? Right. And so some people like um, coders, computer programmers, lawyers, other professionals, they get asked this question from time to time. Would you consider contributing your services in exchange for equity in this business? And normally it's very speculative. You know, it's like some software guys that have an idea for the next Facebook kind of thing. But other times it's not nearly so speculative. It's two guys who just can't scrape together enough money who want to buy a business that's already established and profitable. In which case, you know, there may not be money or dividends up front as we pay for some of the costs involved in changing over ownership and we normalize the employees under the new, new uh, management, etc. But because the business has always made money, there's a really good chance the business will make money again in the future. And so someone like a lawyer might agree to actually do that kind of deal because it's not really speculative. It is really more of an investment. When it comes to the liabilities associated with bank debt, some of the things that I've been able to pull off in the past were to actually go to a lender who was willing to limit liability. So what do I mean by that? When I did the mini storage deal, each partner contributed between five and $12,000 but the partners were not very equal people when it came to net worth. Some of them had very little money and a couple of the partners were millionaires. And so the millionaires were concerned that if something went wrong, the bank would just chase after them. And what I did is I actually went to a couple of different lenders and said I had to negotiate a limited exposure for the personal guarantees. And what I ended up doing was going to a credit union which, who agreed to limit the personal liability to the amount of the investment. So the people who invested $5,000, they put their money on the line, their investment, and they had to sign a personal guarantee for $5,000. And the people who put $12,000 in had to sign a personal guarantee for $12,000. Now, that's not equal, right? It's still not a fair treatment, 
but it's better than the full-blown joint and several liability that most banks are going to ask you to sign when you walk in there looking for a loan. So those are just some of the things you can think about and some of the ways you can consider trying to create a partnership where people bring unequal things to the table. And I hope that helps and I hope it was interesting. I'd love to hear your feedback. So just leave some comments down below in the comment section if you've got any other ideas or if you'd like me to make a follow-up video on this topic, I'd love to hear from you guys. Talk to you soon. Don't forget, come over to David C. Barnett. Sign up for my email list. Email subscribers get emails from me all the time with other cool things that don't appear in the videos as well as special offers to things like my May 29th appearance in Toronto. If you're in and around Toronto, I'd love to meet you there. And if you're not, there are virtual attendance options. Just go over to my website, davidcbarnett.com. That big sign says May 29th, Toronto. Click on there and you'll be able to register yourself. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.